Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. Recorded live at Corolla One Studios with Adam Corolla and board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, Dr. Drew Pinsky. You're listening to The Adam and Dr. Drew Show. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on, man. Date. Get it on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the program, man. Man. <laughs> Loving you, man. What's going on, Drewski? Oh, good times, buddy. It's just good times. Yeah. Um, Catch a contractor on uh, tonight, every Sunday night on Spike, if you want to uh, check that out. That show's good. Yeah, it's, it's I still haven't gotten over to the, the shrine of shitty contractors, contracting that Jose built for you. Uh, uh, was it Jose? Juan? Jose? Probably. Um, yeah, people seem to enjoy the show, and uh, now that means they want 20 more episodes. I just, you know, my feeling... I watch those shows. They're you know they're twenty minutes long. They do so much redundant shooting. It's one of these things. It is when I get dicky is when we just say the same thing five different times, and I know they're not going to use half of one of them. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like fucking wrap it up. What is it about TV that just has uh, so much incredible waste involved with it? They they don't. I I think they imagine being in an editing booth and wanting lots of choices. But what they end up with is disingenuous bullshit. Yes, right, and that and that's what you and I hate. And I, you know, it got in celebrity rehab. It got to the point where I got so angry with them messing with patients or muddling with what I was doing. I finally said, I, like, probably three or four seasons in, I was like, okay, I am ne- not doing. I'm doing this on one condition. Nobody looks me in the. I like you. Like, no one looks me in the eye. No one interrupts what I'm doing. And if they do, they can ask me only the following questions. Doctor, how's the patient doing? What's the prognosis? How long they be in the hospital? What's it going to cost? And what's the aftercare plan? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and it. I said, if one fucking more question that comes in, I'm walking off this fucking set. I swear to Christ. Why and, were they driving me so insane? Because they, they're, they're doing they're this cooking. stuff. They're cooking. They're like, stay away. Stay the fuck. Plenty of shit happens in treatment. Trust me, it happens. These are dangerously ill people. Stay the fuck out of their business. Godra. And, and I really, it, it got to that point where it, I, at the last, last couple of times, people were like scared shitless of me because I really, I, I, I can't have it. I can't. What what I can't have is um, twenty one hours of shooting for twenty minutes of product. That's crazy. That drives me absolutely insane. And what I would accept, see, I know it's not going to be twenty minutes of shooting for twenty minutes of product, yeah. and I know it's not going to be five hours of shooting for twenty minutes of product. My feeling is it could be twelve hours of shooting. For twenty minutes of product, not twenty three hours. And to be shooting. fair, six hours would be reasonable. You'd get what you need. You'd get what you need. And and here's but but the the part that drives us crazy is we like what's real and authentic. They yes. don't give a shit. There was there's a show on uh, Susan and I are watching a little bit. Uh, there's a, like flipping the house in Las Vegas or something. Mm-hmm. And at first it seemed like oh it's kind of interesting, and then it becomes clear it's all bullshit. They just yeah. cooked and BSed, and they're fucking around with it. And, and, I, and I, I don't understand that. Then I immediately changed. I understand how producers can think that's good television. Well, the thing about the show I'm doing, it's not cooked in the sense that it is what it is. Yeah, but it's the, not authentic. The, 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 what the, is it? It's the like, people's house are screwed up. They go, this guy is the contractor. You go get him. You know, they sh- they do all the music stings and they cut out three quarters of my comedy and all that kind of stuff, all that bullshit. <laughs> but what are you going to do? I don't even keep track of it anymore. You know, yeah. there was a, there was a time. Imagine how good it would be if you were actually had the time to produce it. Oh my God. Yeah. 
I just I you know there's you either go into that edit bay or you don't go into that edit right, bay. And right. if you go into that edit bay, you go in. You know, it's like uh, they say: you draw a gun, you shoot to kill, kind of thing. You're either in or you're out. And uh, I ain't going near that edit bay. Yeah. And if I saw the jokes that they hacked out of there. I forget about all of them. Yeah, of course. I, I would never stop fucking complaining. Yeah. But either way, good show. People seem to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you know, if the biggest complaint is why isn't it an hour long, then that's a, that's a good problem to have. Speaking of problems, identity thieves Ooh. coming after you, man. That's why I need a LifeLock. You have to get it. It's just it's what we talk about. The cost of doing business in a society that is wildly convenient, nice, traveling, having your credit cards, being able to swipe things and not pay uh, automatically over the computer and pay your bills and buy and shop and do all that. Go on Amazon, click through AdamCarolla.com, <laughs> all that good stuff. Or DrDrew.com or AdamDrewShow.com. That's right. It's very convenient, but... Left a little opening for the thieves. Yes, right it's it's the cost of doing, doing of our conveniences. Now we have that protection. Right, you need LifeLock Ultimate, the most comprehensive ID theft protection ever created. Guards your identity and your credit, even monitors your bank accounts for the uh, takeover fraud. Awarded best in detection among ID protection programs. Drew, LifeLock services can't protect you or your bank accounts if you're not a member. Visit LifeLock.com, enter promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, for our special 10% discount. That is promo code DREW at LifeLock.com to get our special 10% discount. LifeLock.com and network does not cover all transactions and scope may vary. Adam, I will see your LifeLock and raise you one Hulu Plus, baby. Mm. I love this organization because my kids use this stuff all the time. Who knew? HuluPlus.com. More. It's thousands of hit shows, movies, anytime, anywhere, on the go with your smartphone or tablet. SNL, Jimmy Kimmel, Shark Tank. Love that Shark Tank. Who community. Exclusive originals like Behind the Mask, Hulu's new documentary series that takes you inside the world of sports mascots, Behind the Mask. Yeah. It's seven ninety nine a month for all the shows and movies you can watch. Think about it. You can get this up in the air if you're on a plane, if they've got a wire. Hey, can, true. It, it, Let me say this. Yeah. I saw a whole like inside sports thing where they're talking about the, you know, a, a SPCA or ASN. You know, the animal. The yeah. PETA or whatever. PETA. Yeah. Peter was uh, pissed off about the eagle being used at Boston College or the buffalo that's being used in Colorado. And, and, and then the, pe- the, the people are like, this buffalo is the happiest buffalo in the world because she gets fed and she gets exercise and everything. Oh, we don't like it. You know, the real problem is the poor kid who's the mascot inside. That's right. That guy's sweating off 20 Th- pounds that's of salt. Thus, the documentary behind the mask. Someone then, ought to protect that guy. And he's getting punched by the other right. mascot. That's uh, right. Again, seventy nine a month. Uh, our listeners can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks. Go to HuluPlus.com slash ADD. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash ADD for the extended free trial. And they need to know that uh, to keep the pirate ship alive here, they need to know that we sent you. That is HuluPlus.com slash ADD. But it is that that little segment on inside sports or real sports. I can't remember which one it was. Um it just basically underlines everything that we're always talking about, which is PETA is worried about that buffalo at University of Colorado. And the people who take care of the buffalo are, you know, the chicks, like, I love animals and I love this buffalo. And this buffalo gets fed the best and exercise and you make know, sure he gets a good life. Yeah. Yeah. And other buffaloes get slaughtered and yeah. consumed in the form of, of ground beef. This is very ground similar. B- buffalo. But uh, here's what all I'm saying. Yeah. Ex- imagine explaining this to somebody a hundred years ago. 1780s man. 1780s guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine explaining third-hand smoke <laughs> and these mascots, and he'd be like, but it's a beast, is it not? <laughs> yes. A man cannot smoke <laughs> his own pipe on his own porch? Yes, but what if it drifts off to an... Drifts off where? <laughs> like... That commingling with the air, and then somebody in a neighboring village would have a comp- – oh, We yeah. must do an experiment. <laughs> experiment. Good day. Like, can you imagine – and this is why, honestly, it's it's where all these groups – and it's why it's, it's why no one gives a shit about PETA and everyone just labels them as fringe nutjobs. Because when you are doing 
work. Like you're going, hey, these Japanese harpooning things are harpooning these, the, you know, they're, Dolphins. these no, whales, no, whales and they're, or they're cutting these shark fins off and throwing the sharks back in the water yeah. minus their fin and stuff that's horrible and inhumane and blah, blah, blah. And the shark population, this, that, and the other. And you go, yeah, good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. There's a good, there's a good, but working, uh, on behalf of Herbie the buffalo and is living a better life than, than I led as a child, literally having a better life than I led as a child. Don't worry about that, Peter. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys that are into uh, you know lung cancer, good. Work on tobacco companies and smoking. Third hand smoke. Now you're not, now you're fringe nut job. We're not listening anymore. Why? See, if I'm starting a group, Drew, mm-hmm. I might. You know what my first decree for this group is? Whether it's you know you know it's the women's group or it's the you know whatever it is. Let's not spin off into fucking outer space. Yes. Because when you spin off into fucking outer space, then people stop listening. Yes. So if you're part of some woman's awareness group that wants to stop sexual assaults on campus, fine. That's a good thing. Yeah. But then when you realize, oh, when a guy ogles a woman who rides by in tight shorts on a bike, that's a form of rape. Once you start down that path, now you've lost us. Yeah. Now you're in La La Land, yeah. and we're not listening anymore. Why do all those groups... Now, well, here's how I know. Well, I know why. Why? Because that's where they want to start. That's who they are. Their cores, they're, they're, they're not... They don't care so much about animals. They just want to be angry. They want to be angry. Right. And, and they run out of things to be angry right. about. Right. And, and that's what I always say to organizations that vilify people that, like, misstep slightly yes. and yet would otherwise be a, an ally... Right, like, like once I I was on uh, the, the Teen Mom series and I was talking to the girls about how tough teen pregnancy it is is, and I said, "How about breastfeeding? You thought that'd be so easy? That's really hard, isn't it? You have to be trained. They're lactation specialists. You have to meet with them. Many kids don't even take to it." La Leche attacked me for a year. Mm-hmm. You are against breastfeeding. How the fuck? Do- so, like, by the way, that's a Mexican wrestler. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> La Leche coming down. And dropping the gordita bomb what's, on you from the top turnbuckle. What's the mask? <laughs> what's the mask? It's the nipple for bottles, the nose. La Leche coming down. No bottle. It's a boob. It's a boob. Because Sorry. it's a no oh, bottle. Right. La Leche for one year coming after you that way. That's physically. Mentally, but physically. I had to take its toll. Yeah. And so the point is, I'm an ally. I'm an advocate for breastfeeding. Don't vi- – and that happened to me once with Planned Parenthood, too. I'm like, hey, that now now you just want to be angry. You Now you're not interested in your cause anymore. You just want to fuck people up. Well, and that's how they all start however, because they wouldn't get involved. It's like the atheist groups. They're no, fucking angry. I want to defend PETA, though, because here I had an experience with them where it was really positive where I they asked me to do a campaign on, like, neutering dogs. I'm like, I'm all for that. And I go, but look, I wear leather. I wear – you know, I'm not into other stuff they go fine we'll take whatever you support within our organization we'll, we'll take it i think they may also have people that are on the fringes that take it too far you know they're inclusive mm-hmm. so they're willing to take people that accept parts of their organization and then they take people that are, maybe they control the fringy they're for neutering of dogs yeah they want to cut out their reproductive organs so to save the the, the mm-hmm. all the euthanasia mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. What if I said to those same people, hey, uh, all the people born into poverty, all the folks living with nine kids, I'd like to limit that. How Be- dare you? For the sake of the kids. Yeah. For the nine kids in the one bedroom. You're playing God, afford. You're playing God. Where do you think they'd come down on that? You're playing God, dude. Do you think they'd have the exact opposite stance on that? I think most people would have <laughs> that. Why? Well, you're, you're I'm for, just saying it's you're, practical, well, but you're spay s- neutering. Why? Because you love dogs and cats, yeah, right? Yeah. Is it out of love or out of hatred? Love. So what are you doing out of love for the dog and the cat? Preventing the overpopulation. Right. Because you know those animals can't really be taken care of right. and then they euthanized. live a tortured life. Yes. Well, not even oh, that. They end up on the street. What about the kids who end up on the street? We should euthanize them. That's what you're saying. You're saying we should euthanize. That's your. That's, I, that's if I follow your logic. That's I'm what you're saying, saying. Thin the herd. I'm saying stop it. Nip it in the bud. Why? Because you love kids. And by the way, it's, you might be caring for the people that are caring for the kids. Uh, yes. Who are a little stressed out. Yes. By. Yes, you would. But your but your it wasn't your plan wasn't to take out their reproductive organ. It was to shoot them with some sort of device that made them in nor plant nor plant or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fire that on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's uh, that's the answer. That's the answer to uh, all the questions. And then when people say, ah, but what about this group or that group? My answer is, I don't care where you're from, who you pray to, or what color you are. This is These are the guidelines. These are the guidelines. Just practical. Pragmatic. Right. And then they go, yeah, but it affects this one group more than others. And I'd go, all right, well, then uh, under my regime, it won't affect them in 20 years. Everybody be equal. Well, once once we start thinning the herd, it'll work just perfectly. I'm saying if you have seven kids, do you need an eighth if in you don't have a job? And at what point do we get involved? And at what point does the government get involved? And they go, well, never. Well, the government's already involved. They're paying for the kids. Hmm. That's where I get to vote because I am paying. They're a little bit busy deciding how you should build your kitchen. <laughs> That's right. We're busier with that. That's stuff. right. So here's right. here's a, speaking of spinning out of control. Mm. Uh, you and I like talk we, like sh- we over the years have talked about the experience. Well, the shit that went on television in the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. and what it must have been like to sort of sit in the room and hear the pitches for you know something like a I Dream of Genie, or, yes. or better yet, uh, Hey, I got a great idea: uh, a comedy in a concentration camp. Con- uh, hear me out. Contra- right. Wacky band of to international be, soldiers. To be fair. Prisoner of war camp. Prisoner it's not of a, war It's camp. slightly different. Yes. And a crazy commandant, wacky sergeant. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, we, we've been fascinated with that whole process, right? Yeah, the monsters. The, which actually, by comparison to some of these other things I'm suggesting, it was, was good, right? Well, sort of. But yeah. it's a family of monsters that live <laughs> down, uh, you know, on your block. <laughs> And nobody notices. Right. Well, anyway, so I was talking to Jim Jeffries uh, on Loveline, and uh, we were having this kind of a conversation. And he brought up a show that the BBC put on. It was actually was the British Satellite Network, I think, mm-hmm. that was so, so stunning. I, I have to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, behold, Heil Honey, I'm Home. What year? 1990. Oh. Uh. Hile honey. Hile honey. Hile honey. Hile honey. Hile honey. Hile honey. Hello. I'm, I'm home. This went on television. Adolf Hitler. Smile honey. Ava Braun. Because I'm yeah. home. Gee, it's great to be Top Gun, but it's nothing like the fun that I get when I say Hile honey. I am home. the wacky neighbors. Hile honey. Smile honey. Gee, it's great to be back. Hile honey, I'm home. Look at this. And they have American accent. Wow. He's dressed in army fatigues. Hail honey, I'm home. So it's Hitler. It's Hitler. Yeah. Hail honey, I'm home. Hail honey, me. What did I do now? Oh, tonight you will make a schnitzel. What and a antics joint. ensue. I mean, you, you, you can... You must be real mad at me, honey. But... I'm a very, very bad Hitler. So there you go. Canceled after one episode. Yes, canceled after one episode. But still, somebody thought this was a good idea to put on television? They live next door to a Jewish family, by the way. Well, but hold on a second, Drew. Yeah. This is crazy parody. It's crazy parody, but still it's offensive. It's it's really very similar to Hogan's Hero, right? And we did that. And and to be fair, there there was the, the producers was similar to this, right? Well, but here's what I'm I'm not trying to shit on your point, but uh, here it goes. This is insane, obviously, yes. because of w- what this man did. But Hogan's Heroes was uh, it's insane as well, but it was it was not a concentration camp, you know. <laughs> but what I'm saying about th- this, see, I get angry at this stuff. I get angry when we take Land of the Lost and make it into a feature film because Land of the Lost was the worst thing from my childhood. Right. And it was horrible. Yeah. And it, uh, it just just a void of creativity, and now somebody makes it into a feature film. Uh, this is crazy parody. This is Borat. Right. Stuff. Now, right. it's insane that anyone thought it would work because it's so far. Yeah. So far. But it's. Fair enough. It, it's got playing the music, yeah. doing. I mean, it kind it's of. over the top. Um, it was a spoof of the, you yeah. know, 50 sitcoms done with Hitler. Like, I will at least give them credit for being on some kind of vanguard of whatever. And how they thought this was ever going to work out, I don't know. But, uh, can I tell you this? Um, I do believe there was a sitcom, and this was 
in a serious effort. I think you remember it. I think it was on the CW or something. Uh, the the slave sitcom. What? <laughs> you remember that? No. Drew, it was all over the fucking news. It was called, uh, it was a guy's name. And it was a sitcom. It was a sitcom about sl- a slave. And it was the secret diary of Desmond, uh, Desmond Pfeiffer. The secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. I, I mean, I'm talking about 1999. Okay, okay. Or whatever. You were around. You heard it. You fucking blocked it yeah, from, yeah. Your, from your brain. 1998. They... Uh, UPN. They did. They 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 were doing a sitcom about a about a slave in in 1998. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't. I didn't see it. I think it lasted. You know, six episodes or two episodes, or they made six and they aired two or whatever. I mean, we could probably see the opening to that. See, this was parody, and it would have worked if you had not picked Hitler. Right. Right. You probably could have gotten away with it if it's Charles Manson. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny then. And you were doing that I Love Lucy 50s yeah, sitcom. Yeah. You bullshit. Know, bullshit. Yeah. But, but it's insane, but it's not sincere insanity. Right, right. These, uh, the, uh, the diary of um, Desmond Pfeiffer. Desmond Pfeiffer was a sincere attempt. Oh, there it is. Are we going to watch it? Oh, watch the opening. Right. I mean, you. I, I... Oh, my God. The Civil War defined America, both the good and the bad. It was the crossroads of our being, and it was a hell of a crossroads. Who would have thought there was a comedy in all that? Well, we did. We were fortunate to acquire an extraordinary historical document. The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. The P isn't silent. Chronicles the life and times of a member of President Lincoln's staff at the height of the Civil War. Pfeiffer, an English nobleman, claimed that he and his trusted manservant were forced by rival noblemen to flee to America due to a dispute over the queen. All five of them. The rest, as they say, is history. Everything that follows actually happened. You can't prove that it didn't. March 5th. This entry will be brief. Just when my spirits were at their lowest ebb, Fortune's loving countenance looked upon me when Niblet, my trusted right. manservant, and- you got the uh, you get the idea. Wow, pretty insane, right? It, it, to me, that's yeah, it's more insane than the Hitler. One. <laughs> TV Guide listed the show as the eleventh worst TV series ever. J- oh. Just for uh, just for uh, shits and giggles, what's the number one? <laughs> they already, they already. They already created the. They already created the top ten, so they just tacked, oh, they tacked this oh, one good, on like good, a uh, I like caboose. It. Well done. All right, insane, right? Oh. Uh, let's uh, take a phone call, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Let's see, what do we got up there? And uh, let's remind everybody about GoToMeeting. Everyone, come on, you. We use it here all the time. If you want to build relationships with your team, of course, that is key to any business. Brainstorming, collaborate. You can want to collaborate on documents. We have the solution. Get everyone in the same room. Impossible, but use GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix. It's a simple way to meet online anytime, anywhere. You can share the screen, work on documents in real time, and turn on webcams to see each other face to face. High definition video conferencing. Try this free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com today. Click the Try It Free button to use the promo code Adam. That is GoToMeeting.com, promo code Adam. He uses it all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything here is a go to meeting. Strangely, even for new uh, businesses, new advertisers, I'll always use it. Go to meeting. Meeting is believing. All right. What do you like up there for the uh, phone calls? Let's go to four. Line four. Oh, this is hysterical. I didn't read the whole question, but it's funny. Speak Spencer, 24, Las Vegas. Spencer? Adam Drew, love the show. What's hey going now? on? So I've been listening to the Classic Love Line podcast and. Uh, yeah, I was just curious if Drew, in the early days, if you ever got so frustrated with Adam's kind of immaturity and, and just kind of all being all over the place, if you ever regretted re- requesting to have Mr. Burcham as your sidekick? No. That's the easy answer. Uh, I, I, people don't know the story. We started with television. We didn't mm-hmm. start with radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I had an instinct that Adam would be good for the television show. 
I was out running one day, and it just occurred to me, and I barely knew Adam. I thought, I think this guy, I think this guy could do it, and uh, and that was a pretty clear, strong instinct that I went with and was right, and knew it was right, and independent of the frustrations we have with each other, that's sort of a different issue. I, I didn't feel as though at any point it was an incorrect instinct. I think uh, I, I, history's I think been very agree. kind to his decision. Yeah, history's been good to me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so, and thanks for listening. I, I, I never would have thought in a million years there would be this audience for this old archival radio show that we used to do. It, it, it's, it's, it's it's perplexing, but it's it's flattering simultaneously. You know what I'm saying? I, I can yeah. see it'd be interesting to people, right? Be, I, I, I almost be, want it. You know? I almost want it too, yeah. but I'm scared too. <laughs> but yeah, just to hear what was going on back when it was going on. Yeah, yeah, Spencer. What we were thinking, who we talked to, who we've forgotten. We've we've, we've interviewed just about everybody. And we don't remember. You know what right. I mean? Sure, Spencer. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I I listened to it, and I, I wonder, you know. 17 years later, I wonder where some of these callers are. Mm, it's a great thought. It's a great question. Yeah, it would be uh, interesting. We'll never do it. But it would be an interesting uh, documentary to uh, round up these people Ooh, and, be interesting. And, yeah. and run them down and yeah. find uh, find it how, how it's all worked out for them. Uh, thanks, Spencer. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, supporting the pirate ship in every way I can. God Love that about you. All right, let's see. We got a guy, Steve from Brooklyn. Do it. Talk to him. Yeah. Line three. Steven, 30, Brooklyn. Hey, Adam. Hey, Dr. Drew. Nice talking to you guys. What's you going got? on? Nice, clear. Um, well, I, I've, uh, so I'm 30. Ever since I was a little kid, I've been suffering from headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I've been to, I, I was taking painkillers. Uh, they gave me an ulcer, unfortunately. Um, I've been to a neurologist. He he like prescribed. He made me do a, a headache journal, and he couldn't really come up with anything. And he said you have mixed headaches, which I think is just a word for I have no idea. Yeah. And he prescribed me an antidepressant, and they worked for a while, but I just didn't like the idea of being on an antidepressant. I think it's called a, a mipramine, uh, and it gave me constipation or whatever. So basically, I just want to know if I'm out of options. I don't know what to do at this point, and and it's been happening since I was. Five years old. I mean, such a little kid, and it's getting been headaches since five. Yeah, mm. Drew. What do they know about headaches? Yeah, I'm a guy who's got two headaches in my life. Yeah, and, and I, I just finished a. You know, as physicians, we do these uh, continuing education updates, and the the big one is called the MKSAP, Medical Knowledge Self Assessment Plan mm-hmm. Program. And I just did neurology. I'm almost done with it. And a lot of headache stuff in that. And one thing jumped out at me was uh, they have, well, dozens and dozens and dozens of questions about all the different nuances, the different types of headaches. And then right in one of them, they threw in, and by the way, 80% of headaches uh, are thought to be related to excessive pain medication use. Oh, really? 80%. And yet not one question about how to identify that and what to to do with it, how to refer it, how to get them off, how to treat the addiction. Mm -hmm. 80%. So meaning you, the body wants... The pain medication, pain medication so it causes gives, headache. gives you a headache. Yeah, well, it causes hyperalgesia, which is an intensification of pain, and then a withdrawal, which is the headache itself, and then it, uh, entrainment, you know, a secondary gain of you have mm-hmm. pain, you get the you get the reward. Drew, can I ask you about this? Yeah. Uh, something I wanted to ask the last time the yeah. topic came up. We'll yeah. get back to headaches. But I remember as a kid going through, you know, getting a tooth pulled or uh, having my shoulder dislocated or yeah. what have you. Uh, there was no pain medication. No, no one ever offered a pain med. Not, not in a million years. I. <laughs> That's my kid, a child. You wouldn't do that. My shoulder was out of socket for four days. Yeah. I was in excruciating pain. Yeah. I had to pee into a mason. <laughs> well, this is where the whole mason jar. This is where the whole mason jar preoccupation right. came and from. I could not sit up. My shoulder was out of socket. When your shoulder's out of socket, you are not right. No. And I was. Excruciating pain. Yeah, and when I went home from the emergency hospital with my shoulder out of socket without a prescription, without yeah, anything, I mean, just it was just gutted out. And then everything that I've ever had, basically, as a, even all through my adult life, it was just uh, gutted out. 
Hey, yeah, I mean, meaning your ankle is swollen up the size of a softball. You're, it's supposed to hurt. Yeah, like you're supposed to be in pain. I keep yeah. it elevated. Keep some ice That's on. Right. But oh, in, in part of that, not just you're supposed to be in pain, but there was a deep respect on the part of that generation of physicians and prior for exposing people to medication. Medications were. I, my dad was a family practitioner. Taught me forever. Medicines are dangerous. Medicines are dangerous. You only use them when you absolutely have to. Right. Huh. Right. You don't have to with a kid that's just tolerating the pain. Now, you could argue that you know they can get a post-traumatic stress reaction. Maybe you should treat some of it. And okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you should treat some of it. But it shouldn't be so reflexive. Like, here, here's your 60 Vicodin. Go. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, my shoulder's out of fucking socket. They could have given me something. But You're pissed. <laughs> no, it's just it's, I never even thought about it. Yeah. And then when I became an adult and I was 25 and I you know broke my ankle, it was just like, just go home and fucking – Gut it out, yep. and then uh, yeah, you're gonna be on the sofa. And it's gonna be it's gonna be painful. Yep. You're not gonna sleep right for a few days, like that. It's just it's how it went. Mm-hmm. Uh, injury equals pain equals go home and suffer. Yeah, I, I, listen, I understand. So uh, Stephen, any event. So Stephen, yeah. uh, there, there's lots of tricky interventions for headaches. You can try all sorts of things. Even people have advocated like you know intranasal xylocaine and. You know, really def- refining the type of headache you have and trying to go specifically at it. I have two questions, though. Do you have a trauma history prior to the headaches coming on? Uh, no, no. And I just want to say also, it, it's not like um, prescribed painkillers. It was just like Excedrin and I, I understand because the prescribed painkillers won't give you uh, an ulcer, so I kind of knew you meant that. Right. Um, uh so no trauma. No one ever reported that you were in a, like anything happened when you were a little kid. You don't remember it. But well, we no. worked with a guy. One of our producers had horrific. Remember Scott had uh, horrible headaches, right? Yeah. yeah. What he he would take an injection, right? You take the the uh, sumatriptan. But that was for incredible migraines. Migraines, I yeah. Guess. And, th- and th- that medicine works when you have migraines. But this is he's got a not really a classic migraine. It's not going to work with that kind of thing. But I, I would look back at whether or not you were exposed to some trauma because these kinds of disorganized somatic experiences sometimes have a trauma heritage and that can be treated. Okay, I, I was at a conference once where they said, yeah, funny thing, 94% of chronic chronic pain sufferers have a history of sexual abuse, physical abuse, trauma. Huh, anyway, let's talk about painkillers. Yeah. I was like, what? Because that could now be treated. Trauma, they're, they're, tr- they're bodily-based neurofeedback. Tra- what, what, how, how are we uh, treating trauma now? And Chris, I need the, the uh, 10 TV shows that were worse than- uh, the, There's Desmond different Pfeiffer. kinds of treatments. I mean, there's Pfeiffer. sort of EMDR, and there's neurofeedback, and there's, there's things really can change the way the body integrates its autonomic nervous system, so pain is, is decreased. But- Having said all that, what I find really curious about Stephen is he was on medicine that worked, and he stopped it. Mm-hmm. Why'd you stop it, Stephen? Why'd you stop the amipramine? You, it made you constipated, so take some milk and magnesia every day. It took care of your headaches. Why not stay on that? Right. Well, this was this was seven or eight years ago, and uh, I didn't really have anybody telling me what to do or what not to do. I just didn't like the concept of taking an antidepressant. Okay, that's and, that's uh, not an answer. You that right. you you're so I'm suspect uh, on I your. I think it's an answer. No, because it makes me suspect of his motivation to get better. Because it made you better. Your headaches went away, and you were looking for pills to make it work. But I, I decided this isn't going to be good for me. The, so why don't you go back to the and you know why not go back to a treatment that worked? A very simple, benign treatment. Oh, another that, another reason. Sorry to cut you off. Is because. I said, well, how long is this treatment? And and the neurologist said it's forever as long yeah. as you don't want to have headaches. Right. So if I'm 22, yeah. I'm saying I'm going to be taking a pill every day. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I take me, pills for blood pressure. Right, and then I started taking like Advils and stuff. I take and you get your ulcer back. I, I take pill and Advil, by the way, much more dangerous than ipamipramine. Right. Advil has caused kind of caused kidney failure, causes ulcers, as you found out. I mean, why would you want to take chronic Advil? That makes no sense. So go back in, get properly evaluated again, and get a new plan. So I take blood pressure medicine. I take cholesterol. I take medicine every day because I want to live longer. Mm. So anyway. Uh, by the way, the uh, shows, you're right. one of the top ten. Yeah, I do. Jerry Springer, number one. You've already lost me with that, Yeah, because right? that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's just – it's too easy. It's too easy. It's it's bad TV. It's not a bad show. Right. No. It's intentionally bad. It's it's also hard to argue with great ratings for, you know, two decades, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's – 
You know what the problem with all these lists? They always fuck themselves right out of the, right out of the gate. So you start with Springer, and then you got my mother of the car. <laughs> Drew always laughs about that. That's one. a great. That's a uh, people. Talk, Jerry Van Dyke, who was starring in that, did something. It was it was a season. Uh, it was mid season filler. They only did like eight episodes, and he says wherever he goes, people still ask him about that show. <laughs> so clearly not. Not terrible. All right. Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Uh, yes, I'm sure it was horrible. I would still pay $20 to see that episode in its entirety right now. Uh, Hogan's Heroes. Untrue. That's a good show. It, it had an insane premise, but Bob Crane was great in it. It had a great cast. Everyone it had a lot of funny writing and a lot of good, interesting stuff. It wasn't a bad show. After MASH, I can't defend. Celebrity Boxing. See, here's the thing about celebrity. Here's why they screw themselves up with these lists. If I tell you that, you know, Peter Brady is going to go at it with Danny Bonaducci, I'm watching that. Yeah. I'm watching it if it's on the sidewalk in front of a bar, <laughs> and I'm watching it if it's televised on TV. And also, you can't make a list of the 10 worst pastries and put a Twinkie on there. It's its own thing. Right. This is this right. is not a tv show this is a spectacle a spectacle yeah. you know what i'm saying yes absolutely it's, it happens to be televised right so yeah. you can't you, you celebrity bo- by the way celebrity boxing is not on i would watch every episode of celebrity yeah. boxing yeah. uh after mash fine cop rock in, at least they tried to do something interesting. It was a musical cop show. Yeah. The Jackie Gleason show, I think that was just junk, drunk Jackie Gleason like showing up, not wanting to rehearse. It was rehearse, a hugely popular show. The, the, his after show or whatever. And then uh, Hee Haw Honeys, which I guess was a spinoff of Hee Haw. It's hard to argue. <laughs> that one. A- XFL is on there, too. Away. Which ah, I, sorry. by the way, sound that, found that so entertaining when... Uh, the Football League, yeah. 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 Of Jesse Ventura dropped an F-bomb in the middle of the interview. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm saying, as per usual, yeah. five of these things probably don't need to be on the list. But uh, they definitely should have anything produced by Sid and Marty Croft. Right. Any any of that fucking HR puffin stuff at Lidsville and any of the uh as as we said, um Land of the Lost. Mm. That's some of the that's schlockiest junk uh on the planet. All right. Uh suffering <laughs> tried pot, hmm. <laughs> Draft Kings, baby. Fantasy baseball's back, man. Our listeners are winning huge money. DraftKings.com opening day. Tomorrow, this Monday. That's right. Crazy. Coming up, man. DraftKings awarded half a million in cash prizes. And uh, you can't stop DraftKings, man. Last year, James Tran won a million bucks in one day. One day fantasy sports. No season-long commitments. No being stuck with players. Just instant cash every day. DraftKings. Right now, you can play for free to win real cash. Enter Drew at DraftKings.com and get... Free entry to play opening day with over half a million dollars in cash prizes. Hurry. Free spots are going quickly. Enter DREW now at DraftKings.com. That is DraftKings.com. Dan, 32, Minnesota. What's going on, man? Dan? Dan, you there? You're breaking up a little bit. What's up? Oh, man. Oh, man. Check him out. Of course, the second you... Punch him out. You hear that? Eh, yeah. As your hand is dropping, Dan. Hey, sorry about that. There we go. A boot. Uh, go ahead. We northern yeah. Minnesota. Oh uh, yeah, sure. What's going on, man? North Dakota. Um. Well, um. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, love you guys. Um. I tried pot about twelve years ago, and I kind of had this weird feeling, like I was sitting there, and all of a sudden. Letterman was on, all of a sudden he was funny, and then I just started feeling really weird and kind of had a huge panic attack, and supposedly it wasn't laced with anything, I just had a horrible reaction to it, and ever since then, and my anxiety has just been elevated, and yeah. it's kind of like an awareness of consciousness, it's weird, and I, Drew, I'm just wondering if you ever heard anything like about that. Absolutely. Uh, it's rare, but I've seen a number of cases. And one guy was a famous uh, – I can't, I can't even tell you. He was a famous person. And uh, he he smoked pot only three times and then had exactly what you're describing, these profound panic attacks that then persisted. 
that he kept having. It's almost as though for some people. Donny Osmond. No. And for some was people. It, um, but you know who the person was. Mm, I do. I took care of him. Um, was it from the pot, though? Well, he, here, yeah, it's clearly they had some sort of predisposition. The way I think about it is it's somebody who's sort of wired a certain way, kind of opening up a circuit. The pop mm-hmm. probably would have opened anyway, mm-hmm. but it opens it in, in a flood. Mm-hmm. And what they either end up with is persistent panic with or without this elevated anxiety, which is more about sort of waiting for the panic it's, mm-hmm. than anything else. And you really got to treat that. It's hard to treat. It's hard. This one guy I'm thinking of, we just could never get it under control. He he was just preoccupied from then on. It's weird. Preoccupied with what? His anxiety and his panic and just all he could think about. He was consumed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you go tr- get treatment. Again, similar – I would think of similar kinds of things like the neurobiofeedback and stuff. And sort of more, more newer bodily-based treatments and some medication sometimes. Be careful with the benzos. That would be only a short-term solution. But uh, yes, I have heard this. Again, it's – not a reason not for pot to be legal. I'm not saying pot's a bad drug. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it shouldn't be legal. Mm-hmm. It's just a reality of one of the what I've seen from exposure to the drug in very in a small percentage of people. Do you, uh, Drew? Yeah. Are you finding or seeing, and maybe maybe it didn't exist in the past because it went unreported, but are you finding more mental health? issues popping up at later stages in life uh, more so than, you know, like I felt like, again, it's easy to oversimplify things, but in the past, if you made it to 40 and everything was cool yeah. sort of mentally, yeah, then you could, you could just ride out your life. It's sort of, being the guy you are or were, the girl you yeah. are or and were, and that kind of stuff. Now I feel like there's shit popping up. Yeah. Now, part of it's we're living to 90. I think that's a big part of it. And part of it is a societal thing. Well, it's a stressful time too, right? But not well, more stressful no, what I mean is, is here's – I see – 62-year-old guys on their phones, you know, right. tweeting away and you know, texting back and forth. And I just thought, in the past, that guy would have just had a job, yeah, gone to his job, then gone home and had some pot roast, yeah. smoked a pipe, watched a Simpler. little uh, hee-haw with the girls, well, well, one and thing then we, went to we, bed. We do know that um, when it, as it pertains to mental health, simpler lives are better. This yes. is true. People need humans need simple lives, and and when people, we complicate them, we increase the risk of stuff, trouble. Yeah, yeah. because of so much, and why it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's a simple, simple life versus these you know very complex, layered and complicated life, which That's then stressful. adds adds the stress. Yeah. But it's 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 it it seems it seems there seems to be. Uh, an age component to this, but also just a societal component. But also, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. um, as I was sitting last weekend with a guy who owned an airline. Owned and an airline? Owned a small airline. Wow. And, well, you know, regional, whatever, this, Still. that, and the other. Oh. Yeah. And he said, when we were talking about the 777 that was missing – Sort of ask him some questions, you know. Hey, what about disconnecting this system and di- disconnecting that system? And he started doing what Drew's doing right now. At dinner, we were all out at a Mexican joint. We'd all been driving around the racetrack that day. Now it was time to have a beer and a tostada and just chill out. Mm-hmm. Well, he picked up his phone mm-hmm. and he said, "Let me, let me see. Look let me, it up. Let me yeah. ask my guy. Not, no, he wasn't going to look it up. Oh, I'm ask my guy. He has a tech." Uh, I mean, he has a head and chief, you know, engineer, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He owned an airline. You got to have that guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And he just went ahead and t- 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 to that guy. Now, this is uh, Saturday night at uh, 730 at night. Right. That guy. Now, that guy's phone's buzzing. Mm-hmm. Now, that guy, that's the boss man. Yeah. And that's Saturday at uh, Max Pat. It was there. It was uh, 730 in the evening on a Saturday. 
Now, that guy could have been sitting with his family, enjoying a, a cocktail, and watching a television as well, or what have you. Which is why you demand your people actually to be in your presence all the time. That's why That's Max right. Zapata was sitting there, that waiting guy for questions stuffing like that. stuffing my face with enchiladas. <laughs> he was stuffing his face with enchiladas. That guy has to pick up the phone now, yeah, yeah. on a Saturday, yeah. because he just got a little stress. Because mm-hmm. guess what? The boss man had a question. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe that guy doesn't know the answer to that question. He's got to go find it. He's got to go find it. So what's that guy got to do? I'm going to put down my beer, tell the family, uh, let's go ahead. You keep watching uh, Logan's run without me because that's what he was watching. I'm going to go to the computer. I got to do a little research. Uh, Boss wants an answer on the 777 and the, you know, on on the black box and And disabling it. Some of this may be classified and just be down at the office there because it's all Boeing infrastructure and there may be stuff only available at the office. And he's been drinking. So you know what he's got to do? He's got to call the guys at Lyft. That's That's right. right. That's right. Connects you to nearby drivers, friendly guys, friendly rides, just at the tap of a button. Reliable Lyft driver is just minutes away in more than 25 cities. Just like your friend's car, you can just head on in. Buddy picks you up. You click on the Lyft app. And listen, you can even charge your phone. You can play DJ in that car and set up your own music. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about carrying cash to the ride home because with Lyft, you pay directly through the app. You just tell Love them to pick that. me up, where to pick me up, to tell you how long they'll be there, and automatically pay through on your credit card. Try your first Lyft for free. In this case, that guy could have done this for free, Adam. Mm. Simply by downloading the app at Lyft, L-Y-F-T dot com. That is L-Y-F-T dot com. And then use the code Corolla. No one knows how to spell that either. C-A-R-O-L-L-A. That's right. C-A, not C-O, car. That's why we're using Corolla because that's right. lift to get picked up by a car. C-A-R-O-L-L-A. That's a $25 credit on your first ride. So now we're living in a world where instead of a day at the track and having a few brewskis and some Mexican food, this guy's got his phone out. Yeah. He's texting. Yeah. This guy's got to come up with an answer. On a Saturday night, God knows where. He, you know, like I said, he could be out enjoying himself a beer or two. Not anymore. Is the guy the the boss man? Is he a little manicky? Um, because guys like that tend to have like a an engine that's just going. The guys who run and buy and create their own airlines, is, they've got to have an engine, oh, a twenty four seven engine. Every guy at that track is a, one of those guys. Okay, they if you think about. As I as we talked about in past episodes, what's it take? Yeah, those guys are coming in from Portland and Seattle and Los Angeles and 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 Vegas and Phoenix, and they're putting their car in a trailer and they're trailing it and they're setting up and they're you know I mean you, you can't it's it's fun but there's a lot of movement involved with that yeah and think about what you don't really realize that I I'm sort of aware of that phenomenon more because of the the year I've had since my surgery in the fall mm-hmm. or in, in the in the spring last year uh, I guess it was summer it was June and um, I just realized recently that it my vitality was sort of cut off for about six months and that that engine that normally I, I would literally look at my think about like when I used to overwork seeing patients and just go how the fuck do I do that oh, Jesus Christ yeah and and now I'm like oh because I felt so shitty I didn't the engine wasn't on and uh, not everyone's got that engine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, here's who these guys are. In between, you know, the qualifying race and the race or the practice and the qualifying, cars up on all four, four jack stands now, and you come walking by the guy in his Alfa Romeo, and it's like, what are you doing? Changing the clutch. What do you got to do? Taking the cross member off, dropping the transmission, changing the clutch. Well, burnt out the clutch. Yeah. I got new. I have a spare clutch. It's in the trailer. Guy's changing it in the parking lot. There's no hoist. He's a 62-year-old dude. He's changing his his clutch in his race car in the fucking parking lot. That's who these guys are. Wow. They're they're completely fine with tearing apart whole parts of the car, just rebuilding the brakes and stuff like this while while they're there. Mind you, this is their free time. This is what they choose to do. Yeah, because they get a lot out of... That experience. Yeah. Hey, I went to the track. Clutch was bad. Guess who changed the clutch at the track? I did it alone. Took five hours. Boom. Now I'm back in the car. They just, they just love that shit. All right. Uh, love the motor. 
And uh, I don't mean the motor of the car. I just mean the motor. The you're, human you're, motor. You're the same. I think you're the I, same I, way. I, I have a motor, but I but I if I look at those guys that like or that own businesses, you know, own airlines, and that's a that's a next level to me because I, I, those, those guys seem manic to me. Like they never slow down. Guy, it's an intensity that's out of control. Very nice, very hard charging. You know, mm-hmm. on the track, There's a lot of ego. Doesn't uh, after the race, I beat him in the race. Well, my car broke at the very end, but I, I basically was, yeah, I don't know, three hundred, four hundred yards in front of him or something. I basically beat him in the race. When we were done with the race, they had the uh, track times. They're doing this new thing, like they have an app and a computer, and they give you the track times and whatever, whatever. And they'll always go, here's the order everyone finished in. Here's how many guys drove. Um, Here was your fastest lap. Um, My fastest lap was a 147, like 933 or something. His was a uh, (laughs) 147.9330. And he made it a point. I mean, he's busting my chop. He made it a point. To come over to me, who was having a beer with the BMW guys before he left, to make sure that I knew that he turned a a three thousandth of a second, not hundredths, not tenths. It was a thousandth, right? (laughs) Chris, am I making this up? Three thousandths of a second faster lap than I did. Nice. That's who that guy is. Wow. Yeah. But hardworking, generous, and fun, and winging off to the next. You know, that guy needs to pay his fair share. <laughs> uh, you feel like uh, Jonathan needs to pay his fair share, Chris? Like everyone at that fucking track <laughs> not just supporting everyone all the time. <laughs> he was so nice. Super nice guy, too. Yeah, super nice guy. But to I'm, hate that guy. I'm, supposed I'm, to hate him. I'm sure you don't want to work with him and fuck something up royally. Oof. No, there's an intensity behind the behind those What's apps. the airline, by the way? Can we talk about it? I, I don't even know. It's a, it's like a Mesa. Mesa. Oh, it's Mesa. Oh, that's a big airline. Yeah. Well, it's not a big. But I mean, for one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Great guy. All right. My book, President Me, available uh, for pre-order right now on Amazon. You know how to do it. Go to uh, adamcrowell.com and uh, bookmark it and pre-order. And all that good stuff. And uh, catch a contractor. Enjoy that tonight. So, till next time. Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew. Chris, Max, Pat, and Gary Haftar saying mahalo. This is Corolla Digital.